Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Maskell sitting in the studio in Austin, and we need to add Dave O'Neill to our opening because Dave O'Neill is with us as well. How's it going, boys? Everybody happy? Oh, yeah. 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 All right, well, we are, we're going to talk a lot about the Turkish Grand Prix tonight, and also we have a fantastic guest we have Eric Boulier coming on, and Dave O'Neill, you have you've actually worked with Eric, haven't you? I have, yeah, I worked with him um, in A one, um, and um, obviously alongside him in Formula One as well in, in the teams that we worked with. Yeah, and for those that don't know or have forgotten who Eric was, he um, he was uh, team manager at McLaren, and before that uh, Renault. And um, also uh, currently is the managing director, CEO of the French Grand Prix, which currently takes place at Paul Ricard. So he, he's not a forgotten man at all. He's uh, actually got one of the biggest responsibilities in motor racing now because the French Grand Prix, you could argue, was where motor racing all began. Um, you know, uh, and so historically, it, it is one of the most important races uh, on the globe. Yeah, the historic of it, the historic uh, history of all of the uh, all the motor racing in France. So we'll talk to him about all of that. But hey, guys, I want to talk about the Formula One Turkish Grand Prix because Lewis Hamilton wraps up his seventh championship with a win, and he looked amazing. Had an incredible race today, and we're going to talk uh, some more about uh, about Lewis Hamilton's victory and what he did to do that. And but there's lots of, that went on behind that today, too, because uh, I like towards right towards the end of the race when Charles Leclerc tried to go for it and try to, you know, get ahead of Perez and ended up uh, losing two spots and putting Vettel, his teammate, on the podium. That was uh, that was an interesting part of the race, too, as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was glad to see that Leclerc wasn't finished racing before the race was over and that uh, Sebastian Vettel was right there stalking it and messing with it. Everybody was dealing with traction issues, obviously with the uh, the wet conditions, and so uh, I loved how that jumbled up the entire field and how you know I lost count of how many different drivers spun and uh, had severe <laughs> lockups over this, but uh, really really changed the dynamics of the race. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, go Jonathan. Ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to say Turkey. I knew Turkey would be good because it is an amazing track. It's a bit like Austin in terms of the track is the star. Um, it's got some great fast turns. Um, obviously, coming back to a circuit that hasn't been used and just been resurfaced was always going to be a challenge in terms of grip. Um, and then add, add the weather to it, and, and, and you've got a real, uh, a, a real recipe for uh, fun. <laughs> Yeah, started the race off with a you know big time wet track and rain and and cars just all over the track and and Max Verstappen barely even get the car started at the beginning of the race. But yeah, that let, wasn't let me, a good start, was it? Yeah, it was crazy. Let me run down the order. So Lewis Hamilton wins the race, followed by Sergio Perez, then Sebastian Vettel, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Max Verstappen, Alexander Albon, Lando Norris, Lance Stroll, who led a good bit of the race. Really sad to see him drop to ninth. And then Daniel Ricciardo in 10th, last of the points. And then Ocon, Kvyat, uh, Pierre Gasly, Botas, who had a miserable race, who did his part, a good team man, to, to put Ted Lewis Hamilton over the top of the championship. And then Kimi Raikkonen, George Russell, and Kevin Magnussen, and uh, Grosjean, Latifi, and uh, Giovinazzi also did not finish the race. But, you know, good thinking about what happened during the race and – you know, I, I, we're talking about Vettel on the podium. It's kind of good to see him there, get a little bit of his mojo back. He ne- kind of needs to end the season that way, don't you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I think that was actually one of my takeaways from that race was that, you know, I was saying just a few weeks ago that um, he was in a bad space because he wasn't, I mean, he just wasn't acting like the driver that we know he can be in his day. And I said at the time, I think he needed a bit of a mental hug. And I think... Um, He's put a, I think he's got over the monkey. He's got the monkey off his back of leaving Ferrari. He's looking forward now. He's invested in Aston Martin. And I think it's starting to show uh, on track now. Today was a good performance, not a lackadaisical performance, which you've seen over some of the Grand Prix over the summer. And I think um, it was good to see him uh, finishing off his Ferrari career as we know he should. Yeah. Hey, Dave O'Neill, I want to ask you about Max Verstappen. Uh, you know, he had such a good first part of the weekend and would just looked really amazing in the wet, but not so much today in the race. You know, he ended up finishing sixth just ahead of his teammate, Alexander Albon. What do you think about Max Verstappen? I, I was thinking I was a little disappointed in it. Am I, am I misreading that a little or no? Um, I, yeah, I mean, disappointing, disappointed. Um, I don't know. I think he um, he just didn't get the, the tyres into the zone today, um, and sometimes it's quite a difficult feat is to um, is to get the the tyres going. And the more and more you slide, um, the tyres in in how they're made um, and the blocks, you need to keep the sharp edges on the blocks. Um, and the more you slide, the more you round the blocks off, um, and then the, it's an ever decreasing circle of um, trying to find grip. Um, and also getting temperature back into the tyres to find the grip. So maybe he did that. I don't know. Um, Albon certainly um, was closer to him today, um, driver-wise. Um, but, yeah, disappointing because um, it would have been nice to see um, Max and Lewis have a, have a bit of a ding-dong up the front. But it, it, we can't take away what um, Perez did today and also, of course, the driver of the day, which was um, Vettel, came from P11 up to uh, P3. Um, solid points. Has he uh, has he done a masterstroke by signing with Racing Point? You know, certainly on the <laughs> on the up, um, and could have a fantastic year next year um, uh, with his move. 
Yeah, good point. Yeah, go no, ahead. I, I just want to make one point about uh, you mentioned Auburn there, and and I said before the race, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch how he goes because obviously every race is is critical. But I'm, I'm I mean, just to be honest, Lewis's performance and the way Mercedes have gone about their pairing have convinced me that Auburn is the right guy to to, to partner Max uh, going on, and I I hope that Red Bull don't mess it up as is their won't uh, because right now. Um, that choice of who partners him is key to Verstappen's future. Um, there's a lot going on in the background engine wise with Red Bull and all the rest of it, but they clearly have um, a, an absolute gem in Max. But what you don't need necessarily is to put a Perez or somebody in there that, that might upset the, the apple cart. And I think I'm just making a vote for Alban to stay because I think he, it's like Botas. I think he's a very competent um driver to partner Verstappen and it works but that's just you know that that that's sort of my kind of wish wish list I, I know he's under under the cosh to be potentially replaced but I think that he's done enough I want to go to Les Kaiser about that because he's been the prognosticator extraordinaire when it comes Woo! to <laughs> to the Red Bull drivers Les what do you think about about John I'm not so sure I agree with Jonathan what do you think about his assessment of Albon staying there uh, uh, you know, right now, Red Bull's got a lot of decisions, not so much about Albon. I think more about Sergio Perez and considering Red Bull. Hmm. Uh, the money is there. They've got the deep pockets. Sergio can bring his own. He's got the proven skills. He looked great today. Uh, to me, that would, you know, if I consider those thoughts and those points of a decision process, I think Christian's about to uh, give Sergio a call. Okay. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> well, and, 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 and like I said, to, to sort of counter my own argument, um, uh, we, we did discuss just two weeks ago, you know, uh, were Renault, uh, sorry, were uh, Red Bull letting themselves down by not having a pairing that could win a World Constructors Championship because there's always been a weaker uh, side, whereas Botas is putting in the poles and putting in the race wins, and that's why Mercedes continued to win the Constructors. Uh, didn't I see Albon though lose an opportunity today? I'm trying to remember it during the race today. Didn't was yes, it? he did. Yeah, because he had a he had a a potential you know a critical error there in the race. So I don't know. I I, uh, I mean he's he's obviously talented. I just wondered if that was going to be the 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 Why right move to keep team manager on on tap. Yeah, what do you think, Dave? Sorry. But it went blank there what was the question well i'm just thinking about <laughs> about albon what's do you, your take on albon yeah do you, do you agree with jonathan that he should stay or do you think less is right that that sergio should come take his seat at red bull i i, I think he should stay um you know they look at loads of data and and work out who should be in the seat um it's not um red bull's philosophy to poke um someone in who's uh, who's been on the grid for a decade um and if they did if they were going to do that, I'm sure they would have put Alonso in while he was out um, for for that time. So um, I think Albon will stay. Um, <laughs> it's a hard job, isn't it? You know, you're up against Max, um, and for sure, if you beat him, you're a hero, and if you're second, you're useless. So um, <laughs> but I want, Dave, I would like him to stay. <laughs> yeah. Dave, that point right there to me adds another stick to the fire. For Sergio to come in, he's confident, he's well-played, he, he's, uh, he does it all, and I don't think he's going to be intimidated by Max. 
Agreed. And, you know, that's that's probably a sensible sensible conversation to have, but it's just not Red Bull's philosophy. They they want their own their own grown. Um, and they've got a, a whole stable of, yes. of up-and-coming drivers. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the championship, I was th- this is quite interesting reading. You know, they they for sure. I don't know if they think they can win it. I mean, the whole reason they're in it is to win it, I guess. But um, they're still two hundred and fifty points away from Mercedes. So yeah. <laughs> when you look at that stat, you've got to try and understand whether it, is it all driver or is it you know does does Max have to leap, leapfrog Lewis every other race to stand a chance of, of winning the world championship on the constructors' side? Um, because no one else is anywhere close. And you've seen, you've seen what Bottas did today. He, um, as Eric said earlier, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great partner for him. He should be, he should be second all the time to Lewis. But um, it's a big do job. You, do you worry that, this, the sort of instability of, of Red Bull's future is not good for Max because clearly he's the hottest property youngster uh, in Formula One, and that's arguable. But I, I think we'd all agree that, um, that there's definitely a world championship in him. Um, but is is his path to to world championship uh, kind of a, a little bit cloudier than it was six months ago? I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here looking at all the names, you know, the ten names of the constructors, and it's. That they've all gone their own path, you know. They they off they offered him drives before. Um, he tied himself into Red Bull, um, and now Honda have pulled out. No one saw that coming. Um, so he's he's definitely in a difficult place. Um, he's going to have to see what happens at Mercedes, and that's that's going to be not next year, but the year after. So three three years time, he's um, he could be in a Mercedes seat. Um, and why would they get rid of Bottas? He doesn't create any fuss. They put Max in there, they still still will win the constructors and the, it would need Hamilton to retire, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we got to take a break, but uh, when we come back, our special guest Eric Boulier is going to join us. Very excited to have him. You're listening to Speed City, and we'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi guys, Romain Grosjean from Hasse Fun Team, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We just watched the Formula One Turkish Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton wins the race and wins his seventh world title, tying Michael Schumacher. And we are very excited to welcome our guests to the show. We want to welcome Eric Boulier, who is former team principal for Lotus F1, racing director for McLaren F1, and the managing director at the French Grand Prix. Eric Welcome to Speed City. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to join you guys. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, and we uh, we enjoyed watching an unusual race for, for in an unusual year, but another different race with lots of uh, lots of action on the track. And and you know, we were just talking about Lewis Hamilton and how he you know, was making the call there to stay out at the end. And, and the, I want to get your take on this because we're talking about how Lewis is, is essentially, he's so experienced that you've got like a, a coach behind the wheel and, and with his ability to, to make a, a judgment call like that and the team you know, letting him make a call like that. But uh, what do you think about that aspect of Lewis Hamilton? Is that obviously why he's been seven-time world champion? You know his ability of uh, uh, understanding his race craft. Uh, that's a talent. One of the talent he has, and one of the talents a multiple world champion have. And in in tricky condition, to be honest, you always leave a room or space to the driver for a, for a last call uh, in terms of strategy. And I guess in that case, he felt he was. He was good, his tires were good, and he was on a good pace. And uh, he didn't need to, to stop. So that was really, really impressive. And obviously, he's a great champion. Mm. Yeah, well, we were saying essentially the same thing and, uh, you know, watching history. And Dave O'Neill, you were just saying something about, about Lewis, about from this point forward, we get to watch how he – how, what he does and how this, you know, how the team reacts to him. Yeah, I think it's it's really going to be interesting moving forward. Um, they they're going to have a strong car next year, um, and they're building up for the next um, 
the next set of rules as well. And I think that he's on he's on a different level. And I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to come close to him um, in the season next year. And then also what he's done. Um, I know I know he's un, he's undone Michael, but um, th- there's a, there's an awful lot of good in the right place at the right time to be able to put a team together and also driving driver pairing together that can um, can string those amount of wins and constructors together. So I, I look forward to watching him next year, uh, seeing him relax a little bit, I guess, um, and then go out and enjoy himself for the next couple of years. Can I, can I ask Eric a question? Um, as being somebody who's been in that position, one of the stories that came out this week was how how much credit Toto Wolf should get uh, having been advised by Alain Prost, you know, not to create that uh, super team and, and, and create an environment which works for everyone. Um, you know, how much do you uh, look at that as being also a factor in allowing Lewis to get so far ahead? Cause Michael had that with, with Eddie Irvine and with Massa and so on. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's an interesting dynamic as a team manager, you've been there. Um, what, you know, do you see Toto Wolf as being a huge part of this success for Lewis? Yes, definitely. And, uh, not only, not only Toto, obviously the, the whole team, uh, the, the technical management team as well has been a keen that success, you know, in terms of management, you have to keep the balance between your drivers. And you can see having Lewis and Bottas together is a, is a good balance. There is nobody, because Lewis is dominating it, but uh, Valtteri is also fast enough to, if I may, kick Lewis' ass, okay? <laughs> uh, which, is, which, is a good em- which is a good emulation for the team. What, where Toto has been brilliant is to not only manage, you know, the ego of the drivers and the balance between them, not letting the competition uh, or the competitiveness of each other taking over, you know, the ambience, but also in uh, uh, protecting the technical team management, uh, make sure the people, the guys at the office and the guys at the tracks, they also stay motivated, which is obviously the key point, uh, still eager for more winning, and obviously, they never, Mercedes didn't put a foot wrong one year over another one. You know, they, each year they developed their car, but they always made progress. They never went backwards. So I guess the credit to all this organization and the success of Mercedes and Lewis is obviously, yes, uh, due to total management or total ability to manage. Yeah. Eric, I've got a question for you. I know you've got an engineering background yourself. One of the things that I always felt myself, my perception is that Lewis is weak on engineering speak, but he seems to pull it off. What do you think he's doing when he doesn't seem so technical to communicate with him? Well, I think you have the, the perception we have from the outside by listening to the car radio and the transmission, radio transmission of Lewis. Uh, I, I think no drivers at this level is not also technically understanding what's going on in the car. And especially when there is some uh, uh, very clever system built around suspensions and others. So I think he's, he's also very uh, clever to not uh, give too many information on the radio. So that's why he's maybe using a simplistic way of communicating with the team. But back in the office, I'm sure he's uh, quite involved in understanding what the car is doing. He's also 
he has to be technical, you know, to to manage his tires, manage his pace, and and be able to take such a decision like today. You know? Interesting. It's more strategy. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I can tell you that uh, communication sometimes is uh, is done on purpose to uh, induce wrong something somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the chess. <laughs> exactly. Well, Eric, I want to ask you about this. He talked about you know, when you first came on about an unusual season, unusual year for everyone, of course. But, but this has been, uh, in a way, it's been exciting because of races like this that we've added to the calendar. What do you think about the way that that Liberty and Formula One have handled this year and and added all these races? Well, they they've done a tremendous job to be honest, because uh, uh, it's obviously. It was not easy at the beginning of the season, and I know what I'm talking about because I was also involved in the discussion with them about the French Grand Prix. But it's not, it was, they did a tremendous job to build up 17 races, build up this sanitary uh, protocol with bubbles, which has allowed every team and drivers uh, to, to compete and have, to have a proper season at the end. Uh, having also the, uh, taken the opportunity to to go, you know, uh, and pick up some new track or old track, let's say, uh, was also a very uh, a, a good move, a bold move from from Liberty. So I think they've done a, a tremendous job to build a 2020 decent and proper season. Well, it has been, I, I think it's been exciting to to see all these new tracks and to add, uh, add all of this excitement to it because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know, first of all, we didn't know we were going to get a season much less what if we were going to get a full season, how many races, and we get all of these great circuits added to it. But Well, guys, let's go ahead and take a, another quick break. We'll get back on our break schedule, and we'll be back after these messages. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast. And absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi guys, this is Pegasli and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We just got through watching the Turkish Grand Prix. Another exciting race for 2020. Been a good year for, for some good racing this year. And our special guest is Eric Boulier and former racing director for McLaren. But Eric, why don't you talk about what you're doing now with the French Grand Prix? Um, well, I'm heading the company with uh, organizing and promoting the French Grand Prix. So every Grand Prix, sometimes it, it can be the, the circuit itself, you know, like uh, Barcelona or uh, like in Austin, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of France, the promotion company is a separate entity from the track for Ricard. Uh, so that's uh, this company I'm heading. We just uh, organize and manage the Grand Prix. Okay, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you mean. It doesn't have to be the same company as the circuit. But, well, I know that Dave O'Neill wanted to ask you a question about the 2021 season because we had talked about that in our pre-show. But, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I was, I was kind of interested to see where the next couple of years were going um, calendar-wise um, and if they were going to introduce any any new races um, and um, how you think the uh, the circus can sustain can sustain the system? I guess it's going to be a little bit easier with the rule changes and the and the budget caps. But just wanted to understand a little bit from from your side where um, where we are in F one. Well, it's it's obviously um, not a secret that uh, Liberty is uh, looking at expanding the calendar. And my understanding is uh, stretching uh, the calendar with uh, more races. Uh, as you know, Dave, there is a limit which is going to be the traveling of the people, obviously. Um, and I guess next year they have announced 23 races. Uh, they are targeting maybe 24 or 25, I think, in the future. Um, I don't know after the COVID, obviously, if there will be still uh, the same appetite for, uh, for, for for F1 races. But it's true there is a few cities and countries in the world who would like to get an F1 race uh, to get the visibility of uh, the F1 circus. Uh, so so they may they may succeed to go up to 24 or 25 in the in the next years. Um, it's obviously. Part of their business, we, 
the revenue of F1, you know, our, our first uh, TV revenues and or media revenue, sorry, I should say, uh, then promoters revenue, uh, because we all pay a fee to get the right to host the race, uh, and then sponsors. Uh, I think, like you said, having the cost cap for the teams will help them a lot to uh, to behave more like a business, you know, uh, rather than a sports franchise uh, where you just throw money in. Um, but I think F1 will also have to look at how to uh, secure uh, on a more long-term basis, you know, some uh, historic races, I guess, because you can't go anywhere in the world. Uh, F1 needs to have some historical races and base, you know, which are the uh, the reference for the championship and for the fans. Well, I was going to say, Eric, I mean, you are in that respect a good, in a good place because of where France and where the French Grand Prix sits amongst all that historically. Uh, <laughs> but I've been saying in, in previous shows, you know, with, with Portimao and Imola uh, and now uh, Turkey back, you know, uh, and a successful Grand Prix, uh, it, must, it, <laughs> it must make you kind of a little bit uh, apprehensive um, that, you know, the competition is, is growing uh, exponentially when, when this COVID season, which is, has been exceptional in that the, the people like Magello and people like Portimao have stepped up. But that just adds to the, 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 the group of people who all want a Grand Prix and are capable of running one. Does that concern you as somebody running the French Grand Prix? No, no, because first we have contract in place. Okay, that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. first uh, so one. <laughs> things to go through. Uh, second is uh, this, uh, I know how this deal has been made, okay? So if I take the case of the French Grand Prix, uh, early April, Formula One wanted to have a European season over the summer and then move away to, uh, uh, to uh, sorry, to faraway races. And that's why, for example, the French Grand Prix uh, had to be cancelled because uh, they are in charge of the calendar and they were giving me a couple of dates which was uh, not, not possible for us to host the race. Uh, one of the dates was in the middle of summer when it's supposed to be uh, very crowdy uh, back on the French Riviera. Uh, and the other one was the, was the track was not available at that time uh, because, like we said before, I'm not managing the track, so I have to rent the track. And the track was not available at that date. So that's why we ended up in a situation where we had to cancel the Grand Prix. Then there was been more cancellations, obviously, because of COVID and sanitary uh, restriction. And that's where uh, they have been contacted or they contacted track like Portimao or, or Mugello or, or Istanbul, you know. Uh, but this is one of deals. And, uh, and that was mainly to, to have a, a season uh, to be broadcasted uh, to the fan, uh, but there is no, uh, today, there is no deal behind with uh, tracks like Portimao or Mugello or Istanbul for the future. Nevertheless, uh, I guess having successful races at this track might obviously uh, wake the feeling of people up to have a race or to build uh, uh, the financing behind to buy the rights for the in the future. Um, but I think uh, there is uh, there is obviously a limit to the number of races, like we said. Uh, if F1 wants to be a global sport, they also need to be on the five continents. Uh, today, they are racing only on four. Uh, so that, that's also something they need to consider. 
and I guess that's why there will be a, a number, a minimum number of races uh, per continent, which should protect the interests of uh, uh, people who has put all the effort, like uh, the French Grand Prix, you know, to to be able to uh, to to pay the race fee and host the race in a successful condition too. Well, Eric, I you know, in relating to this topic, is that the the French Grand Prix? You know, I I didn't even think about that not happening because it's so historic and and really the the history of motor racing in France and the the culture around it is so big. Uh, that's really is that is it way on your mind? It's such a big responsibility that you have running this this organization because of all that history and all that responsibility. Well. It's true that obviously uh, France has always been a uh, part of the F1 uh, circus. You know, I mean, today I think the, uh, the number of French drivers on the grid is the uh, highest uh, uh, from compared with other, other nations. Um, you have a, a, an engine manufacturer with Renault. We have a factory team with Renault, and uh, and a lot of suppliers as well. Uh, French suppliers are part of this. You know, so. I think there is, and, and the FIA as well, you know, as you know, the, the governing body is obviously also uh, based in uh, Paris. Um, so, yes, there is a strong heritage and, uh, and having a French Grand Prix is obviously uh, also part of the ecosystem in France, you know. Um, uh, we made uh, some, uh, some, obviously, we had some time with COVID, so we made some other research, you know, but... Uh, uh, bikes and racing uh, are the second sports industry in France after football. So that's quite have a big impact, you know, in terms of employment, obviously, and uh, and obviously uh, uh, economical part. So yes, this is uh, this is important, uh, and I think the French Grand Prix uh, definitely is a slot, you know, as a historical race in the F1 calendar. Yeah. Fantastic. Eric, as we watch history with uh, Lewis taking off another championship, I think of other drivers and champions we've seen. You specifically have worked with Fernando Alonso, who many call one of the greatest drivers in the world, uh, one of my favorite guys around the paddock. But uh, are we overvaluing Fernando in, uh, in that uh, he hasn't progressed very far beyond his first couple of championships? No, I think he's still one of the greatest. Okay, uh, he belongs to Michael Schumacher, Lewis world. Uh, he definitely should have won more championships. But as we have started this uh, this show today, uh, one of the reasons why Michael Schumacher has been uh, winning so many championships was he built up a strong environment with the right people around him. At Ferrari, having been having been obviously uh, able to uh create some stability as well if you look at lewis lewis had mclaren then moved to mercedes he's now there since a few years uh, in the right environment with the right support and this is how he can every year keep his motivation up and win new championships i think fernando uh had a different case you know i think uh, he, he he might have not chose the right teams at the right time and uh, and has definitely not benefited from having a strong management, a strong technical team, uh, and being in the right, if you want, upward spiral. Uh, uh, and that's mainly why I think he, he only have two championships under his belt, but he, he should have 
he could have definitely have more. Eric, in that respect, as somebody who knows both um, what Fernando is all about and obviously cares what happens to Renault, what do you think now going forward? Um, it, I mean, you know, typical journalists like me would put two and two together and go, well, he's won all his championships with Renault, so he's going to go back there and, and do the same. Um, in terms of the makeup now at uh, uh, Renault with, with him going back, how do you see the, the sort of next few years for both he and the team? Uh, can they come back to glory? I think they will. Um, I think, to be honest, it's not, there is no magic, you know. Uh, he will not turn up uh, there and they will be world champion. Uh, you have to, to work on and you have to build on. Uh, if I was Ronald, if I could motivate Fernando to stay more than two years, that would be uh, the best to motivate everybody having a long-term project, then you get also the best engineer because they trust in your strategy of being there for a long time and be a winning team in the future. Uh, if you look at Ferrari, you know, who's Michael has been many, many years, same for Lewis, you know, I mean, the people, they know they have uh, the abilities, the means, the resources and the time to build and, uh, and having all these people working together. Yeah, so yes, having Fernando in Renault next year and the year after will definitely help the team to go up or to be better. Uh, to be world champion, they will need more resources and a little bit of time. Fantastic. I'm still behind him. <laughs> All right, guys, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Eric Boulier. And if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. We'll be back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gare from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are just finishing up with our breakdown of the Formula One Turkish Grand Prix, and our special guest is Eric Boulier. 
And Eric, uh, I want to ask you about the Renault team being uh, being from France, and they had a pretty good day today, finishing tenth and eleven. But they slipped in the constructors' championship. We're getting down to the end here to the battle, and they are now 136 points behind McLaren at 149 in racing point at 154. But it seems like Renault's they've they've had the nice resurgence in the last couple of years, but they got to get over that hump. Are you um, are you optimistic for the Renault team? Yes, I am because obviously it's uh, hard work, you know, and obviously tricky conditions, you know, was uh, this weekend obviously difficult for everybody, and and you have to do take some decisions sometimes which might not be the right one or predicted uh, as a good one, but uh, they are definitely. Going, uh, going upwards. Uh, they have, uh, you can, you can see. You know, I mean, this is very close in terms of the championship point for McLaren and the, the racing point. Sorry. Um, so yes, definitely, it's uh, it may change at every race, and obviously, uh, next race if they have a they can maybe uh, get back to third. Well, Dave O'Neill, I know you had a question for Eric, or a discussion point for Eric Boulier. Yes, I've got two, actually. First would be, if uh, if you were running Renault, who would you partner Alonso with to get the um, the best out of, uh-huh. um, out of the team? And then secondly, um, Eric's um, pretty in touch with all the young drivers, made some um, good choices over the years, um, yeah. or very good choices, in fact. Um, and what I'd like to know is a name for us to keep an eye on for the future that you think is going to um, do the business. So. I thought you were applying for the job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, uh, partnering Fernando, uh, I would, uh, I think, with what Renault has today is a good setup. I think with Esteban Ocon, they have a good second driver. What you need is a driver who, like I said before, you know, is capable of uh, bringing home big points, uh, challenging the lead driver, if I may call it like this, uh, to make sure you know there is this emulation in the team and, uh, and always pushing both drivers or each other uh, at each other to make sure they deliver and, uh, and uh, they, they, uh, they drive the car to the limit. And that's how the team will go up and will be better and better. It will be also a challenge for the engineers then, because then they know that their driver pairs are doing their best. And if the car is not delivering, that means the car has not the capability of doing better. Uh, so having a second driver who is fast, and, uh, but also, you know, who know uh, that Fernando is there and they need to be clear about, you know, I wouldn't say team orders, but to, to, to make sure, you know, they, they deliver the best for the team. Uh, young drivers, uh, there is a few ones to be honest. Uh, one just uh, uh, recently actually won the Formula Renault, uh, which is uh, Victor Martins, a very talented guy. Uh, uh, and another guy with Caio Cole, a Brazilian guy as well. So, I mean, there is uh, obviously there's still a long path to go to F1, but uh, it looks like these two guys have uh, the talent, yeah. Yeah, Kai Collette, uh, I, I met at uh, Toyota. Uh, he's definitely, uh, and I'm really impressed also with the, the Renault Junior program. They've got some really good up-and-coming stars. Um, yes. And I think we're going we're gonna to see more from, from those, those kids. Uh, yeah. We're all hoping an American will make it, obviously, because that would uh, be what we need, given that we've got a, an American team. 
and yes. an American uh, track now. Um, what you, what's your thoughts on Gunter's decision making? Um, <laughs> we've been kind of discussing, you know, the, the merits of taking two new newbies uh, and getting rid of both their experienced drivers. Um, what's your take on on what, where Hass are? Well, it's always it's it's always a challenge, obviously, to do that. Uh, I think the team uh, maybe might needed some fresh hair, if I may say this, or fresh motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also part of, a, I guess, a strategy for the team. You know, to they change the commercial uh, business uh, strategy for the team. So I guess having younger drivers and gives them the opportunity to bring new sponsors. Uh, so I think it's all part of the strategy. So there is not uh, a good or a bad, you know. I think it's part of the uh, decision from Gene to change the strategy of the team, uh, and then the consequences. Obviously, they had to renew the drivers. Yeah, Eric, I have a question for you. As, as someone who's uh, you know running an organization like that, what do you think about the way that Circuit of the Americas has handled uh, what they do here in Austin? You know, they've. After a few years, they they went to going to these really big names. We've had you know Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake and you know these huge names that draw yeah. enormous crowds. What do you think about that and and the way that in overall the way Circuit of the Americas has handled it? Well, it's obviously a, uh, it was a good strategy, a very good call from uh, from the promoter actually, uh, because every every Grand Prix, you know, as a different public uh, because you have to consider what people are used to to live or used to have or used to enjoy uh, i think it is like you said you know america or us definitely um, uh, has not been close to f1 for many many years and decades so now you have a grand prix now you have a team uh, yes definitely you need to have drivers that would uh, uh, boost or boom the interest for f1 in yeah. the us um uh, but in in the case of the Grand Prix in Austin, you know, I mean, having a superstar, you know, coming and and, uh, and uh, having a concert there has definitely uh, brings a visibility, notoriety on the F1 race in Austin, uh, and that was a big success. Uh, on the inverse, for example, we made some survey in France, you know, and and French people are not very much interested in having a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a different culture. This is, like you say, it's part of histories. Are very interested uh, to have more historical and, uh, let's say, racing-related action on track. You know, uh, so it's it's different model. Uh, but what what they have done with Austin and uh, in that case was a very a good success. Hmm. All right. So what about another American-related question? We talked. We we asked you about Hasef one, but but. Do you, you know, thinking about the, the, the rumor is, of course, that Mazapan and Schumacher are coming in for Haas, but do you think that there, we could get a surprise there? Do you think that there could be some, another driver? I mean, I, there's no decision, obviously, 100% made yet, at least externally, that we know of. Do you think we could get a surprise? And do you think there's any shot at getting some sort of American behind the wheel of a Haas F1 car? Well, I... Uh... <laughs> I, I know some some things. I don't know everything, so I think the best is to ask, obviously, uh, uh, Gunter or Jean. You know what about their plan in the future? Uh, Good answer. But, <laughs> but it's none of my business today. So, uh, well, yeah, that's probably true. We we'll have to get Gunter back on. But um, well, uh, Eric, the um, the, the... I'll, I'll go 
quick one for Eric before you before yeah. you sign off is go ahead. Why hasn't anyone picked up Perez? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> He's well, got to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, obviously he has a he has a strong uh, sponsor network behind him. Uh, and he's a good driver, like he showed today again. Uh, I think there is some discussions in the background, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, and also, despite his all his sponsors, he, he might not find a home in F1 next year, uh, just because there is not the right opportunity for him or for the, the teams looking at drivers today, you know. Uh, Williams has a different, uh, different obviously uh, strategy, and uh, I don't know has what they will do with their lineup next year yet. But yes, there's maybe not not so many opportunities on the market left for him. So that would be a shame. But uh, this is possible. And I hadn't really thought about that because he's just such a valuable driver as he proved today. And I'm thinking when you say that, it's really would be weird just to not have him. But well, Eric Boulier, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're almost out of time, but thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, and, uh, yeah, thank and best, you. Thank you, guys. Best and, of luck with uh, the French Grand Prix. Thank you very Grand much Prix. for yep. inviting me. Yes, sir. Have a good... Uh, good Good luck with, yeah. with your thank endeavors. You. <laughs> thank you. Cheers, Thank Eric. you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. All right, all right guys. we got about a minute left. Any last thoughts about today's race? I mean... Yeah, uh, Eric's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... I think, uh, again, a fresh circuit, fresh surface, uh, crazy weather. One of the, a really great race. Uh, like I said, I kept thinking of the theme from Jaws, uh, watching Hamilton come up after his, uh, you know, securing the championship, getting it that to happen. Yeah, love, uh, love the drama that was there. Yeah, and I again take my hat off to Liberty. In the middle of a global pandemic, we're pulling out a season that that, that is memorable, and that's that's a hell of a thing. NASCAR have done it, Indy have done it, and I think Formula One are doing it. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. And of course, check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. But we'll be back every Sunday before the F1 races and also our local show every Sunday night in Austin. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.